Action Park Media. You're on the ILC, the go-to place for New York Islanders hockey talk. Welcome aboard the ILC podcast powered by Action Park Media. Mike Carver here with you as we have hit the middle of July. We have not spoken in a while. Tough to get over that game seven down in Tampa. Was not easy for anybody. The one nothing loss to the Lightning who would eventually go on and win the Cup. But we are now on to a different chapter here with the Islanders. That is a very busy offseason, which has started in a big way ahead of Wednesday night's expansion draft for the Seattle Kraken. So we'll get into all the things that have gone on, all the moves that Lou has made over the last couple days, and talk about some things that may happen over the next few as well. As always, you can listen to the show, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you can listen, you know where to go. Get your Seed Podcast gear and so much more at yesmenoutfitters.com. Devin has it all for you right there. So, we have not spoken. It's been tough. Uh, you know, it was hard. I know a lot of you guys uh, tweeted and I, I texted with some of you and it's just... You didn't really want to watch the Lightning play Montreal after that tough seventh game loss down and down there to the Lightning, the one nothing game. You didn't really want to watch because it it does pain you that the Owls would have beat the Canadians. You just know that they would have. And um, some time has gone by now where you can kind of like look back at it a little bit better. There was a lot of emotion there after the first couple days and week or two. But now you just look back and go, listen, it, it is what it is as far as I'm concerned. They lost to the to the Cup. Winner the two years in a row. They were the second best team in hockey. They would have beat Dallas. They would have beat Montreal. It's a tough pill to swallow. But that's kind of how it, you just have to look at it. Nobody played that team tougher than the New York Islanders. And you, you could bring up all the nonsense afterwards. They cheated the cap. They did this. They, they won the cup twice. They were the best team. Is what it is. And unfortunately, the Islanders, uh, you know, they were in their way. The two years that the Islanders made some really long runs. And now you're at the stage where you know that you have a group that can get to the end. And you got to start to make some little tweaks here. And that's what this offseason has been about. And it is underway in a big way. I mean, just in the last couple of days, you know, look at what's gone on here. We have guys going out the door. We have potentially others. We have maybe some fresh faces coming in. Let's start with who's gone. First of all, Nick Letty gets traded to Detroit. And the Islanders get a second-round pick back and Richard Panic. Forget Panic; he stinks. Let's get what it's really down to is that pick. Enormous. The Islanders get that much equity for, Lee, for Letty, who's got one year left on his deal, as we know, at about five and a half. Um, we, this was kind of talked about for not just months, it seemed like years, that eventually that was going to be a move that Lou was going to want to make to clear some space was to get Nick Letty out of here. Look, and some people said... Was second year in a row. They got to get rid of one of their defensemen for cap purposes. Yeah, it is what it is. And they're going to have to find a way to replace him. And I think that they will as you start to look at the bigger picture of what's going on here. But Nick Letty, it's rare that trades work out so well. And when they're first made, it's it's always quick reaction. Who won the trade? Who did this? Who did this? Now that years have gone by, you can look back on those Letty and Boychuk deals that the that Garth Snow made, which were salary cap dumps by the Blackhawks and the Bruins, of course. But you can look back on those trades now, way, way, way down the road after they have all 
kind of run through their completion. And it's very hard to find trades in this league that work out as well as those two did for the Islanders. And now they sit here and they have to get rid of Letty. And don't be stunned here either. And I tweeted this the other day when the trade happened. He's got one year left. Detroit's going to stink. Don't think that when the deadline comes around, if there's injuries, if there's this, don't think that Lou's going to be back on the phone up there in Detroit and trying to get Nick back at the deadline. Because he knows that he could be a part of going deep with this team. So keep that in the back of your mind as we play this season. Now, you hope that you don't get injuries along the way. Isles fill the fill the roles that, that Letty had, and maybe you, you don't need to look at that. But we know what happens throughout the course of an 82-game NHL season. Eventually, guys are going to get banged up. You need depth. You need this. When you're only going to pay that the last couple months of that deal, keep that in mind for the trade deadline coming up um, towards the end of next season, is that maybe Nick Letty, if the Islanders need it, Lou can make the call and bring him back. So that is on the table. And the other one, trade that was made which is kind of magician stuff and I know there was some chuckles around the league by some people who are still bitter of course that they lost in Boston media etc about how the Islanders basically sent you know <laughs> sent Andrew Ladd and a whole bunch of picks over to Arizona and they got nothing in return well you know it's true that's exactly what happened Andrew Ladd 2021 second rounder 2022 conditional second rounder 2023 conditional third rounder uh, which I believe is if he plays one game in that 22 season, all go to Arizona and the Islanders get back uh, it was, it was nothing. <laughs> they get back Andrew Ladd's cap space. That's what the Islanders get back. And listen, that's I don't really care about those picks. The the cap space is what matters here because we know how how ridiculous this was. The Islanders. We're so close to the cap, as most teams in the league are. This is not just an Islander problem. This is a league-wide issue where teams are struggling so much to try to stay under. Making a deal like this for a guy who wasn't in the plans, didn't play this year, we know that he's finished. Um, He really, listen, he's had a couple knee injuries. He should retire. If he's going to give it a go in Arizona, God willing, God bless, and good luck. Uh, It's not going to be here anymore. Because the Islanders need that space in the worst way. So they clear that up. And you get Letty out. You get Ladd out. And that's about, that's a good chunk of space right there. You know, you're talking 10 million bucks. A little bit more. And now you start getting into the boy Chuck long-term IR. You still got to re-sign guys. But you're in the 18 million area now. Still got to sign resign Pavillier. Still got to resign Pellick. Still got to resign Zizekas. But you're in the 18 million range now. And now... You get into where can we get some more space. And that takes us to Wednesday night. The protected lists come out. And I think everybody was very, very surprised to see Josh Bailey on that list. I was not surprised to see Jordan Eberle. You shouldn't have been surprised to see Jordan Eberle. Let's be fair. Aside from a moment here and there, Eberle hasn't carried his weight. In these last two runs. He's had a couple big goals. When they swept the Penguins in 19. He obviously had a monster first round. There were there were moments. In both of these runs. Especially in the series against Tampa. You know you needed a little bit more from Everly. And you didn't get it. I wasn't stunned that Everly was put on the list. I was a little stunned that Bailey was. And they protect Martin and Clutterbuck. The working theory. Amongst many for that. 
is they want to show Casey Sezekis that his guys are still going to be here so that when they work out the deal with him, you know that that fourth line is going to be intact, which let's remember this, and this is more maybe a bigger conversation for the deal with Casey, and Clutterbuck's got one year left on his deal. Like, that, that's not going to live on forever. Like, every year, another number gets added to the age, and more and more hits and tread on the tires gets added to all three of those guys. So as great as it's been, and it's a fan favorite line, and it's been so much fun, and I'm not sitting here advocating not to re-sign Zizekas, but let's just keep in the back of our minds that that thing can't live on forever. You know, I I think you got another year of it, maybe two, and then Casey's gonna have to find some other guys he's gonna play with if they re-sign him here for a three or four year deal. You know, I just it it can't go on forever, as fun as it's been. But they protect Clutterbuck and Martin, seemingly to show the goodwill to Zizekas because you you're not, or they know they're already re-signing because you're not you're not protecting those guys if Zizekas is gone. It's not the same. We've talked about that in the past. Those guys need to be together for it to be successful. So keeping them kind of either puts one of two things in motion. You're showing them that his guys are going to be there, or you already know you're getting him back, and you need to have that line intact. So Bailey unprotected, Eberly unprotected. Now the question's going to be, now you're talking another five and a half million, five or five and a half million in cap space. That can come off and get you over the 20 mark before you have to re-sign the RFAs. But are Seattle actually going to take him? Now, there are many theories here. There is the theory Lou has a deal in place for them to take uh, a hack, and he's going to give him another pick, and he's going to keep Eberly and Bailey. Okay. That's fine. I, I get that. Um, or it's just to keep Bailey. Let him take Eberly if they want to take him, which is kind of the camp that I'm in. I would not mind seeing them let him go and try to work some magic in other places to find another fit for the top line to play with Matt Barzell and Anders Lee. That's kind of where I would go right now because I've kind of seen enough from Everly the last couple of years that I think that they they need to win five more games than they won this year. It's going to be extremely tough. You need to now, for the third year in a row, get back to the same point you were at and still win five more games after that to, to hoist that big cup over your head. And I think that that Everly spot is one of the places that needs to be upgraded. So I wouldn't mind seeing Seattle take Jordan Everly. I actually am a believer that Seattle is not going to take either of them. And that Lou doesn't need to make any deals. I don't think they're going to take either. I think Seattle's going at this a little different than Vegas. And you, if you go back and look at who Vegas took in the expansion draft, a lot of the guys that built that Vegas core for that first year where they made that ridiculous run and went to the Stanley Cup final was a lot of trades, was a couple free agent moves. Not necessarily. Now, of course, there were guys they took in the expansion draft, whether it was Marc-Andre Fleury, etc. And, and I think there's more talent available this time than there was to Vegas a few years ago. There's a lot of talented players in this league who make a lot of money that have been left unprotected. A lot. Um, and, and Matt Duchesne, uh, Ryan Johansson, you, Tarasenko. Obviously, there's the talk of carry prices. 
I don't know if Seattle's just going to go and, and take every high-priced guy, a good player that's available, and, and build um, a roster that they think can win, get them to the playoffs this year, but then they're going to be in a serious cap problem in two or three years from now and not be anywhere. Kind of like Vegas. You know, as great as these couple, first couple years for Vegas are, now they have a major cap issue, and they don't have a lot of maneuverability. And they haven't won a cup. So I think Ron Francis and the Seattle crew does look at that, and they're not going to go full bore on taking every big contract off of every team. And I think that there's some options out there that he's going to take before he would take a five or a five and a half million on Eberle and Bailey. I'm a believer that, and maybe this is wishful thinking, I don't want Bailey to leave. I know a lot of you guys wouldn't care if he did. Maybe not a lot anymore. I think that the that the perception of Bailey has changed a little bit in these last two playoff runs. Whereas the there was that faction of Islander Nation that absolutely just hated this guy. I think that some of them have come around. I don't want to see Josh Bailey of the New York Islanders. I think he's a big part of what they do. I think Lou knows it too. And I think Lou Lou knows what he's doing. And I don't think he would throw Bailey out there just thinking that he's he's going to be going to Seattle. So either there's a deal in place or he knows... Seattle is going to want to take some younger guys along with some of the bigger contracts that have been left out in front of them to take. And that's where I think the Islanders, in my opinion, most likely lose either uh, Koivula or Bellows. That's who I think the Islanders are going to lose. One of those two guys. If there's no deal in place. Obviously, if Lou's got a deal to throw him a pick, he's going to take, what was it, Appleby, the goalie, whatever it is. He'll, He'll take him and the Islanders will keep all their assets except for the pick that they give him, et cetera. If that's not the case, I think he's going to take Kovula or, or Bellows. That's what I think Seattle's going to take from the Islanders. I don't think they're taking Jordan Everly as much as some of us would like him to. I don't think they're going to. I don't think he's taking Josh Bailey. Josh Bailey's a piece that you add to a team that's ready to win right now. I don't know if Seattle's ready to win right now. That's not the type of play. I think that there's other guys that Seattle are going to take who make 5 to $7 million a year that they're going to take before Eberly or Bailey. And that's just me, honestly. That's just my opinion. That's just me guessing. We'll see how it all shakes out on Wednesday. But do I still think the Islanders, if Seattle doesn't take Eberly, will look to move him? Oh, yeah. I think that by the draft, you've still got the draft. And the draft comes right up on, on Friday night, first round, and then two through seven on Saturday. So this is going to be very fast. There's a lot of things that are going to happen very quickly. Because the expansion stuff happens Wednesday. You have the draft where a lot of trades can take place on Friday and Saturday. And then bang, middle of next week, free agency, open, ready to go. So in the next 7 to 10 days, you're going to have a good idea at what Lou's thinking about and where this team's going to look for next year. Because this group that they've put together, we just said how hard it's going to be to get back to that spot. They, they've got a couple years here, I still believe, where they can get back to it. They can. but And Lou's going to try to make the moves to put them in the right spot. And who they lose on Wednesday will be an indicator. I still think he'll try to move Eberle if Seattle doesn't take him. And free up another five. So, where are we looking at right now in terms of additions, as we're very early on in this? Let's start with Parise and Suter. Minnesota buys out both of these guys. This was the wildfire topic last week because everybody in their mother immediately assumes the Islanders are going to sign Zach Parisi. 
Now, I kind of said, I'm not really like all in on this move. Here's why. And this was before, remember this also, when I said this originally, this was before they moved Letty and Ladd and, and cleared up a lot of space. So my first two things that I've heard for six months about this Islander team is A, they're too old, and B, they have absolutely zero cap space. Now, one, Parisi's going to be 37, uh, same day as me, actually, July 28th, next week. Parisi's going to be 37 starting next week. That's pretty old. Now, you guys could throw all the stats you want at me. He scored this many goals. He's an upgrade over Leo and MDC. Yeah, uh, nobody's disputing that. Of course he's an upgrade over those guys. They're hacks. Okay? Let's look big picture and try to get even better than that. Is he going to make it through a whole season? He's 37. Is he going to play? Everybody seems to be just no doubt about it. He's playing for 750 k He's playing for the league minimum because that's that. And he's got already bought out. He's making money for Minnesota. Guys have been bought out and played for more than the league minimum the next year when they signed with a new team. Okay? What do you want to do? Let's say you have Vegas or, or Colorado. Let's say somebody offers Parisi $2 million. You give him 2.2? What if they offer him 2.5? You want to give him 2.7? You want to pay that for the 37-year-old Zach Parisi? Let's let this play out. Everybody just had him penciled in on the third line. Done. Signed, sealed, and delivered. Let's do better than that. You're clearing all this space now? The world's changing by the hour here. I know a week ago, when the Islander cap situation was in dire straits, trying to squeeze Zach Parisi in at 750k or a million bucks... Seemed like it was the it's the best decision ever. The world's changed. Maybe there's better options. Maybe there's guys who aren't 37 years old. Okay? I, I know he scored more goals than uh, Leo Komarov in the last two years. Who hasn't? Let's do better than that. That's all I'm saying. I'm actually more intrigued by going after Suter. I think that's the better move. Because I do think he could still play. Now, he doesn't put up the offensive numbers he used to. He still plays 21, 22 minutes a night. That's more a move, especially with Letty going out the door, that I would try to make. Bring them both in? I'm fine with that. But I need to see other moves first. I don't want Zach Parisi coming in for a million five being the, the first move I see. I think that they could do better. I think that there's more out there than jumping at the first guy that becomes available. Because, you know, his dad played here in the 70s. Like, like, I'm sorry. I just think that there's... Now, a couple years ago, when the talk was, you know, you're going to swap his awful contract for Lad's awful contract, that was different. This is different, you know. And yeah, it's going to be cheap. And I'm not telling you I wouldn't do... If he comes here for 750K and he's playing on the third line and he scores a bunch of probably... Great, I'll throw him all the bouquets in the world. Hell knows, I'm, I'm right... I'm hardly ever right. I'm wrong more than I'm right, for God's sakes, for the most part. You guys love it. I'll gladly throw the dude all the bouquets if he comes here and he... 750K and he scores 20 goals. God bless him. I hope it happens. But just there's also a 50% chance he comes here and he plays 15 games. And he's hurt. And he can't score as much playing in Trotz's system. And there's other things. So let's pump the brakes. That's all I'm saying. I think Suter's a better option out of those two guys that were bought out. Next, Landis Cog. 
I love, and I'm sure it got everybody excited, I love now that the, the complete perception of the Islanders has changed. It's changed. When guys are big-name guys are available now, I mean, it warms your heart to, to hear that guys want to play for the Islanders. It does. And, it's, and we went 20 years where, you know, the quote-unquote insiders would tweet out teams that pending free agents wanted to sign with, and God, I mean, nobody would ever say the Islanders. I mean, nobody. So now the Islanders situation has changed so much that when guys are potentially going to be free agents, suddenly when they list the four or five teams the guy wants to play for, the Islanders are in the mix. It's, it's, it's amazing to see. It really is, and I love it. I just don't believe that there's a breakup between him and the Avalanche. And I think there's a bit of a game here. There is. I don't I don't believe at all that he's leaving Colorado. He's the captain there. He's been there since he was drafted. You watch the ESPN Quest for the Cup thing. The guy absolutely loves it there. I just cannot see him leaving. I think this is a game where he's trying to squeeze every dollar out of the Colorado Avalanche right now. Now, if the middle of next week rolls around and he's, you have to call him, especially if you've opened up this much space, I don't think the guy's a 9 or a $10 million a year player. I do not. He, he's, he's not. He, he's not an elite scorer. He's not a 40-goal scorer. He's, not, he's only scored 30 once, I think. That's not his game, but he's an elite-level player in this league, but not an elite-level goal scorer. But you absolutely call if he's available and if there's actual interest there. Personally, I think it's all a game with him in Colorado. I don't think he's going to be signing here. That's just me. But if it does get to the point where he's seriously willing to talk to other teams, Lou gets at the table and you find out what what it's going to take to get him in. Because there, he's, part, he's the kind of guy that you add to a now window. He just is. Tarasenko, I'm, I'm nervous about all the injuries. I am. I'm real nervous. Is it the kind of player that we've been wanting next to Matt Barzell for years? Yeah, it is. And it's very intriguing. But I'm real nervous about this guy's injury history the last few years. He has not played a lot of games. And that would be something that concerns me. Uh, you know, in terms of what they'd give up, etc. You know, that's that's a that's a big seven and a half million, I believe, is the cap hit. That's but but he is the guy we've been looking for. If he's healthy, he's the guy we've all wanted. Elite level goal scorer to play next to Matt Barzell. There's options out there, guys. There is. I I think that this team is going to have some different faces on it. Um, ten days from now, I, I'm very intrigued. Very intrigued by what Lou's working on here, especially after the way that he moved Lad. I mean, jeez, he, he's already working on another GM of the Year award for getting rid of Lad's deal. I don't care what how many picks they had to give them, and moving this Letty space. And I mean, he's done a real nice job. It's it's been a great start to the off season for Lou, and now he just has to finish the job here. He's just got to finish the job and 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 put the right pieces in. Could Paul Mary be back? Yeah, I wouldn't mind that. Get Paul Mary back in the mix. Talk to Suter. They're going to talk to Parisi as well. We know that. If Landis God becomes available, exactly. Tarasenko, who knows who else could be available? There could be names out there right now that nobody has any idea that they could be had. 
And maybe that's what Lou's looking towards too. Lou works in shadows. We know this all the time. Don't try to let anybody tell you that they have a, a beat on what Lou's doing. Because they don't. None of us do. Nobody has any idea what this dude's going to do. So this is going to be a fun couple of days. I'm looking forward to it. We'll see who the Islanders lose on Wednesday night to Seattle. We'll see what happens if any trades at the draft. Isles don't have a first-round pick on Friday. Who cares? They made the conference. They made the, They were one of the last four teams standing for the second year in a row. So for the second year in a row, they don't have a first-round pick. Would you rather they were picking on Friday night or that they, they played all the way to Game 7 of the last four? So it is what it is. But there could be some trades. So that's something to look forward to uh, over the weekend and then free agency in the middle of next week. So we'll come back and we'll try to stay on top of this, look at what's going on, any more big moves happen over the next few days. We'll conversate about who who lost, and uh, I still do believe Josh Bailey will be a New York Islander. I'm definitely believing in that. So have a good couple days, guys. It's going to be a lot of fun if you're an Islander fan. I'll talk to you either later this week or early next week, and we'll recap some of this stuff and then get ready for the free agency push coming up on the 28th. All right, I'll see podcast. My thanks, as always, to the crew at Action Park Media, Kevin Connolly and all the guys over there doing an outstanding job. Devin Yesman, Outfitters.com. Get all your Alseed podcast gear there and anything else that you need. All right, guys, I'll talk to you later this week. Mike Carver, Alseed Podcast. See you then.